0: Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, Outlaws. It's Monday, and it's going to be a very short week on Ms. Lyrics because I am going to only have an episode on Monday and one on Friday, because I have been delightfully invited to go to Vancouver for a few days and see the Red Hot Chili Peppers on Wednesday. And I just came back from Calgary where I was supporting my partner in his playing with the country band, Jeremy Dallas at Ranchman's. It was a pretty tough weekend because I was going through a lot of grief about Aaron's death. And um, yeah, it's hard to socialize in those types of situations. But I slept 10 hours last night, so I feel a lot peppier. And uh, before we have our entrances with Neela Matuk, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I've never actually heard her pronounced, and nor does she say her name in her uh, entrances chat. So can't say 100%, but before the entrances chat um, and poems, uh, neither of which curiously are hers... I wanted to note in general that I asked a lot of poets, uh, well, I probably asked about 60 poets to participate in this uh, seventh season and this first instantiation of entrances. And I think in total there's 39 who have entrances this season. But it surprised me that a couple, well, more than a couple of poets I asked said they weren't writing poetry anymore and they'd had various disappointments They uh, were no longer wanting to even talk about poetry. And Anila didn't want to read one of her own poems, but she was open to talking about poetry and prose and painting and her next book coming out and so forth. Uh, So that's fine, too. Um, I just want to get as many Canadian poets that I uh, admire or have had connections uh, with or an interest in uh, who are just part of this uh, grand and, and, you know, strange and delightful and weird uh, mosaic of creators in this country. I just finished reading Stephen Marsh's On Failure. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I just like how he keeps reminding us to not whine and to put our work in context with all the other failures over time. And I think I feel very fortunate in the sense that I've been writing my whole life. I mean, I wrote my first poem around the time I was four years old. So. I I had absolutely no sense of, you know, a Canadian literary scene or, uh, you know, who I was supposed to publish with or what prizes I was supposed to win or what tenure I was supposed to, uh you know, achieve and so forth. I loved the sounds of language and I still do. And that's why I keep writing. It has nothing to do with anything else. That's all extra. And if it isn't extra to you, maybe you should not write because truly you're writing for the art you're not writing for anything you get out of it in the end who you impress what gold stars you have on your forehead stars upon stars doctor zeus yes so i'm going to introduce anila and her chat and I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will see you on Friday with an entrances with Holly Gattery. And again, I hope that's how you pronounce her name. So onwards, Neela Matic is the author of two books of poems, Sumptuary Laws, which I reviewed on my mural reviews, and Stranger and the editor of an anthology, Resisting Canada. Her poems have appeared in The Fiddlehead, The Walrus, The New Yorker, PN Review, Poetry Review, and other magazines and journals. In 2018, she served as a Richler writer-in-residence at McGill University. She's currently working on a third book of poems and has completed the manuscript for a debut novel, and she lives in Montreal. So as I said, I've never met her, but I reviewed her Sumptuary Laws, which I loved. So she uh, extemporizes quite randomly and... uh, I really, even though sometimes, you know, you get a lot of ums and ahs and pauses and so forth when somebody extemporizes, it's still fun to hear where they're going to go next. So she talks about working on centos and collages, lists favorite books, addresses the embarrassment of poetry and importance of Elizabeth Bishop, talks a little bit about the danger of news on screens for the brain, how it diminishes your attention span, your vocabulary, how the prose poem shifted her from rhyme, her new interest in paintings, Then she reads The Mirror Bells from Annie Freud. And then she says she keeps babbling. She just can't stop at that point. So she decides to talk about noticing small and sensory things, how writing poetry for her began. And when you're in a state of crisis and you can't write what you want to write, maybe look at your verbs and see if uh, that the problem lies there. I truly believe verbs being the driver of the action and the sound they can be the key. And so does she. And then she ends by reading a euphonic poem by Matthew Francis called Invocation. So please enjoy Entrances with Neela Matuk.
1: Catherine for inviting me onto the podcast um I thought I might extemporize as well um as some of your other guests have done and I'm standing in front of my beautiful floating bookcase in the poetry section and thought I would dip in and um tell you a few things I guess but to to bring people up to speed who might be listening um I'm working on a, a third book of poems at the moment, which I've, um, I think will be called Collage, because a lot of them are, um, sort of, um, sentos. they're lines from other poems, and, um, I've been writing a novel, and I, I've been really taken with long lines and prose books, um, sort of lyrical prose so in particular at the moment I'm reading Paris when it's naked by Etil Adnan who is one of my favorite poets but um I also love this prose um she's just in Paris and talking about being there in the city and all of the chapters are identically titled which is the title of the book which is Paris when it's naked um there are other sort of prose books over the years that i've lingered over such as um soft city by jonathan rabin which who um i guess he died um maybe three or four months ago um that's an oldie but a goodie i have a harville Secker um old edition of that one. Um other books that I like that are sort of prosy and weird are Robinson in Space by Patrick Keeler and and his possibility of life's survival on the planet. Um but speaking of poetry, I guess, and back to poems, I um I was surprised to find a couple of references recently to poetry or writing poetry as potentially being embarrassing or that, you know, um, um, embarrassment is part of it. And no one has mentioned that, in fact, it was Elizabeth Bishop who had said that. There is nothing more embarrassing than um, either admitting to being a poet or being a poet. and. Bishop was one of my very first early influences, along with T.S. Eliot. And a few years later, I had a huge watershed when I discovered uh, Wallace Stevens. Um, um, Right now, I'm looking at a gorgeous uh, cellophane-wrapped, like the transparent uh, cellophane-wrapped sort of i guess hardcover edition uh farrar strauss and giroux hardcover of elizabeth bishop's complete poems with a it's got a beautiful sort of orange yellow and navy blue kind of abstract design on the cover and it's got that iconic gorgeous fsg um font but,, um, what else can I tell you about my recent proclivities? Um, so yeah, I'm writing I'm writing this book of sort of a lot of them are centos, but then there are other just sort of poems that are a little bit prosy. Um, and collage, for me, resonates because I've spent the last several years, I think, spending way too much time reading news online and reading online and not reading as many books as I used to. And I think that um, the Cento's the sort of reflect the fact that I believe I've ruined my brain to be quite honest, um, uh, and sort of diminished my vocabulary as a result of spending too much time staring at screens and looking at tweets and online stuff and um, a lot less time reading books, uh, which is sad. Um, But I don't believe I could really write another book like Sumptuary Laws. I I think that I don't think I have the same kind of imaginative vocabulary that I did when I was younger, or maybe I've just become older and perhaps more prosaic because I've become a little bit, I've sort of um, uh, maybe um, wisened up a little and not. I don't don't say that that's necessarily a good thing, especially for a poet, but there you have it. Um, What else can I tell you? Um, Yeah, I recently purchased the Penguin book of the prose poem. So, you know, I've been quite serious about this kind of prose poem idea I had in mind for a long time before I started writing my novel, which is set in contemporary Palestine um I I had in mind to um I just wanted to write long lines and I had almost a visceral kind of palpable sort of need to do that and I I started to get really turned off actually with rhyme I don't know why I started to think of rhyme um uh as sort of not really the thing I wanted to do or it didn't make sense to me all of a sudden to to try that though I still love villanelles I haven't written one in a long time but there is my bad sex villanelle um which is one of those poems that I'm I'm quite fond of actually one of the rare ones that I I like um but in any case yeah um the other thing I've been interested in lately has been Uh, paintings. And um, I've been looking at TJ Clark's The Sight of Death, which sort of obsessively generates descriptions and possibilities around this one particular poem that, or sorry, painting that he stares at um, in the same gallery over and over again um, for many weeks and months. Um, And what else? Um, well, I want to read, I want to read Annie Freud to you because um, I love Annie Freud and I recently noticed her online and, um, and pulled down her books that I have. The Mirabells in particular um, is um, a book with the title track, The Mirabells that I adore. The Mir- uh, of course, Mirabells is another name for plums. So I want to read that poem to you. The Mirabells A young poet visits an older poet who has enjoyed fame and success In the street a plum tree has scattered its golden fruit all over the pavement When it's over she'll come back and fill her pockets with these mirabells She leaves the older poet's house Night has fallen she has forgotten the plums, but the thought of them lying so sweet all over the pavement comes back to her, and she remembers them every day, for the rest of her life. I uh, don't want to end there. I don't want to end there. Sorry, I I had um, I thought that I would end my babbling with a poem, but I'm, I'm not finished talking. (laughs) Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, I, I love this sort of, um, dispensation of kind of just talking and noticing weird things or, you know, um, noticing small things, which is, I think a lot of where my initial turn to poetry comes from it's from being a child and looking at things very 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 closely and having these sort of sensory and sensual um kind of ideas that I put into words that then I think I would affix to this the object I was looking at and then these things became kind of metaphors even though they weren't, they weren't like the sort of overproduced record album metaphors you might get with some poetry. They were, they were just my spontaneous kind of childhood perceptions and impressions, and I feel as if that consciousness. I I think I I think that um, I, I have lost that to some extent in a way. A few years ago, I had a crisis, and I was trying to write poems, and I was having real problems and I realized it was because I kept insisting on using verbs like is and be and um, have and you know all of these very banal sort of connective verbs that one uses in prose and as soon as I got rid of them from the text then the poems started to emerge but it was bizarre the way I'd gotten stuck in these these verbs as if I had kind of a foot had gotten stuck in some quicksand and I couldn't get out. And I'm, I kind of fiddled and, you know, sort of flummoxed that way for a good six months or a year, as I recall. Um, Anyway, I'm going to, I'm actually going to end and leave you with a poem from Matthew Francis, who was one of my favorite UK poets from his book, Dragons. And this poem is called Invocation, Wide, wet walks where winds worry, weed-grown, web-woven wilderness. Wormy warrens whiffling waters, wolf-way, witch-world, wound. Witter-shins with whippy willows, wittering with whirligig wings. We want witness words. We waver, wheedling, weighing, wondering. Welcome what we whisper, wild wood. Wildwood.
0: You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.